Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. This is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok Story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here. This week, because we attended Tucson Comic Con this year, we had a great weekend, but we weren't able to get any gaming on, so we decided to go ahead and to share some of the panels that we got to enjoy. So this panel is going to be the writing workshop. It's been pretty much a workshop that was really good for all up-and-coming writers of any genre, and it had a great deal of whether you should self-publish or go through an actual publisher. So go ahead and enjoy. And by the way, after the panel, check out the interview I had because I have two great ladies that I've just gotten a chance to read some of their books and I'm going to be sharing more of their work with you guys in the future. Alright guys, like always, thank you for listening. I tell people is the you know, first draft is always bad. Don't take it personally if somebody says it's bad. It should be bad because the point is keep working on it to make it better. There are stories that I've written that I keep going back to and changing something up. I force myself to throw it away so I stop looking. Um, one thing that helps is a lot of reading reading other stories. If, if you like science fiction, read science fiction books. And then write science fiction stories. It helps. It gives you ideas. It shows you what other people are doing. Sometimes you read a story that's just terrible and you realize things that you shouldn't do when you're writing a story because you saw how terrible it was. Um, so reading and writing go hand in hand. If, you're gonna, if you want to write stories or poetry or comic books, you've got to read a lot of those things too. It just helps. Um, the first website I have on the handout there for uh, word counts. It, uh, if you go on there, it'll tell you all about the different lengths of stories. For example, there's microfiction, which is stories that are less than 100 words. Um, I found Twitter to be very useful with writing microfiction. Basically, it's a story that's as small as possible. One example they always give was from Ernest Hemingway, or at least they think he wrote it. And it was simply, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. Six words, and there's so much there that you're already thinking about what could have happened, or what did happen, or what might have happened. And you get a whole story in just six words. So that's like the smallest kind of story you can make. Then there's flash fiction. A lot of uh, pulp magazines like to print stuff like this. It's less than a thousand words, but it's still more than microfiction. So um, I found it's a, that's a good place to start writing because then you're not worried about like, oh, I got to write a four-page story. Well, just write a page, and you got a story. Try and have it as complete as possible, and it helps. 
Then you got short stories, which go up to about um, 7,000 words. Uh, novelettes, which are like half of a novel almost, about 20,000 words. A novella, an example of a novella would be like The Great Gatsby. Short books, uh, quick reads. They're about 50,000 words at the most. And then the actual novels that you can buy at the store are about uh, between 50 and 100,000 words. Anything bigger than that, then you're getting into you know, book sequels and stuff like that. So that website there gives you more details of all those things about the word counts. It'll even give you examples of stories at that length. And uh, one thing that they try to basically tell you is about 250 words to a page. So that gives you an idea of how many pages might be on, you know, 7,000 words or something like that. And then uh, as far as uh, formatting, the other uh, website I have there, it's called uh, Celtex. And it's actually a software that helps you write scripts for screenplays, for radio plays, for stage plays, for comic books. They have examples of all that stuff on there. It's free download. Um, you can buy a pay for a service to use it, but you don't need to. It's just a free software. And that'll help you format uh, if you want to write a screenplay or if you want to write a uh, comic book um, script, which, if you don't know already, is very different from a lot of other stuff. Because you actually have to, when you look at a comic book, you see the different panels on the page of what the artist has drawn. The writer has to go through and write down panel one, on page one, this is happening. Panel two, this is happening. It can be very detailed, depending on the writer, or it can be as simple as, you know, Batman punches a guy, and it says pow. You know. But that, uh, if you're interested in writing comics, you can use that software to help you format it and learn how to format it properly, or just look more information up online. Um, so that's good to have. The next step in the writing process, after you actually write the story, is revising. I always tell people you need about three or four revisions to really feel like you've uh, gotten it polished up and in a decent form. Because as I said, the first draft is always terrible. After the third or fourth draft, it's really getting, getting a lot better and you actually, uh, you know, enjoy it enough to say, yes, read it, because it's not crap. Here you go. Um, and then what I had hoped to do with this as an actual workshop is uh, basically have people you know, offer writing samples and then everybody sitting around giving uh, their opinions about it. Um, and I'll go into more uh, details about how a workshop works in a second. But basically, uh, you want to have at least three people to go through and read it give you their opinions or any corrections if something's misspelled. Because after having you know, three people look at it and then you revise it a few more times, then you really know that people are going to enjoy reading it because they told you they did or not. And uh, there are a bunch of uh, authors who are far more famous than I am. Um, they actually have more than one editor look at their books. So they don't just send it off to the editor and he's like, okay, make these changes and then we'll print it. They actually have several people do that, which is similar to a workshop. So basically, somebody goes through, reads your work. They're not just telling you, well, I would have written it differently. They're actually telling you, oh, you know, this, 
this plot key here, you know, it doesn't make sense. There's something missing. Because sometimes you're writing a story down and you got everything in your head and then you realize in the story you left out a bunch of stuff. But you had it all up here. So you already knew what was happening. But nobody else knows it. So um, one of the recommended readings, the uh, last one, I think, number four, is a book called The Critical Response Process. This, uh, the woman who wrote it, she's a dancer, and she wrote it for critiquing dance recitals, but she wrote it in a way for any type of creation of something, whether it's writing, cooking, uh, performances of any kind. And uh, I forgot to bring my list with me, but there's a process in there for workshopping stories that uh, I used, and basically they start off with Somebody hands you a story they want you to read. You read it. First thing you do is you give statements of meaning. All you're doing is saying, oh, the story reminded me of something. You know, it, it, it brought in these memories. It has this meaning to me or something like that. And that's not positive or negative. It's just like your story made me think of this. Nothing good or bad about it. You're just telling them what you thought when you first read it. The next step is um, asking questions. Oh, uh, how did this character and this character, like how did you come up with uh, you know, something like that? You wanna make sure you try and make them neutral questions. Because if you say, for example, that they use in the book, um, as far as making cake, if someone says, why is the cake so dry? It sounds kind of negative, mean. But if you say, well, what kind of consistency were you trying to make with the cake? It's, it's a neutral question. It doesn't sound good or bad, and it makes the person think, oh, well, I did this and this, or whatever. So you do that with a story, too. You don't just say, why is this character, you know, so dumb, or whatever. Instead, you say, what, what type of character were you trying to make with this person? Were you, you know, trying to make them seem smarter than they were, or dumber than they were, you know? Ask questions that actually make the person think, and then they start thinking about the characters, or the storyline, and then it actually helps them edit the story and make it better. Um, and then the next step, then you would go and say, well, this is what I literally thought. I thought this was bad, I thought this was good, and here are some examples of what I want, uh, what I think you should do to change. Knowing full well that just because you told the person they should change things, that does not mean they have to change anything. And sometimes a workshop can get really heated where people are like, you know, almost vicious to each other and it's like that's not what it's about. Everybody's there to try and help everybody else become a better writer, make their stories better. It's about the story. It's not about you. So if you have an opportunity which there might be time after this since there's no panel at 3 o'clock, you guys could hang out and talk uh, to some of the people in here about your writing if you brought in any to share. You don't have to. But at some point, I would encourage you all to get a group of friends together and have a little writing workshop. Because it actually does help um, you become a better writer. It helps you help other people become better writers. And it's, it's a nice uh, community, in a way. So the next uh, step would be if you want to get your work published. This is after you've had several revisions of your story and you think, yes, I'm ready to send this off to publishers. There's a few different ways you can do it. 
you can try and send uh, your work off to uh, magazines or uh, online uh, e-zines. And basically, first thing you want to do is go look at their submission guidelines. Sometimes they say you need to format your pages in this way. Make sure that it's at least this long. That's why I told you about the uh, word counts and page counts. Because they might say it has to be less than you know 10 pages or it has to be at least 3,000 words, something like that. So you want to make sure you look at that before you submit anything because if you don't meet those guidelines, they won't even look at your work. And every, every magazine is different. So you always have to double check that before you go sending anything off. Sometimes they, you can email them, sometimes they want you to mail them in the snail mail. Depends on what their guidelines are. And there are a lot of sci-fi magazines out there, a lot of horror magazines, whatever it is you're trying to write for. Um, now, some of the larger magazines, like the New Yorker or something like that, a lot of times, in order to publish for them, you have to get a literary agent. This is just like having an acting agent. You send your work to the agent, the agent goes and finds publishers to publish your work, and then you get paid. And the agent takes 10 or 20%. This is what a lot of the more famous uh, authors actually do. They have an agent who takes care of their stuff, and all they have to do is sit at home and write. Um, there's pros and cons to that. It depends really on how much time and effort you want to put into A, searching for an agent, and B, uh, if you feel like you have enough work to even send off to just keep making money from that. Even if it's just you know a couple hundred dollars a month. Um, and a lot of magazines out there will actually pay a hundred or two hundred dollars for a story. But that's if they decide to publish it. Um, and then the uh, agents usually work with more of the traditional publishers, which are, you know, they send you an advance money, an advance of royalties, and they say, we're going to print X number of copies. And then once you've sold enough books that covers the royalties we've already paid you, then we'll start actually sending you more money after that. But that all depends on if they sell all the copies of your book. And if they don't think they're going to sell all of that, they're not going to publish your book. So that's one drawback to traditional publishers. And then there's uh, self-publishing. I'm going to go into more detail about that in a second, but one thing I want to warn you guys about, which I made the mistake of several years ago, there's a thing they call vanity press. And these are people who say, you pay us money, and then we'll publish your book. Don't spend your money on it. There are so many other formats which I'm going to tell you about in a second, where you don't have to spend any money to get your book published. All you got to do is spend money to get copies made. Uh, and that's pretty, and it's usually like $2 a book. You pay $2, they print you a book, and that's your book that you publish. A vanity press will say, well, pay us $900, and then we'll, you know, have your book ready for print. Oh, but you, you have to do all the marketing, because we're not going to do that, unless you pay us more money. It's kind of a scam. <clears throat> now, if you feel like you want to spend that much money, go for it, but it's, it's not helpful. Because some of the other websites you see on there for self-publishing, um, createspace.com, that's one I use a lot. 
I do I do all the formatting and stuff, get the book ready to go, choose a cover or create one, and then all I gotta do is pay a couple of dollars for them to actually print the book. And then it goes up on sale on Amazon for whatever price I want, eight dollars, ten dollars, whatever you want. And then you make the royalties off of that. And you don't have to wait to sell X number of books to get those royalties. You can get them right away after you sell the book. It's owned by Amazon, so CreateSpace will always have your work up on Amazon. And then you can have it set up to go to uh, other outlets, like you can find it on Barnes & Noble and other uh, online stores. What's weird, though, is you can't do the ebook through Barnes & Noble through CreateSpace. You can create an ebook through the Kindle Direct Publishing with Amazon, which is linked to CreateSpace, but it'll only be on Amazon. The next website, Nook Press, that's actually owned by Barnes & Noble, and that is their way of trying to compete with Amazon. Um, and same thing, you do it all yourself, you pay a few bucks if you want copies made, but then they take care of uh, printing the book and selling it, and you get the royalties. You can also do the uh, Nook books on there, same thing, you know, ebook, but it's only through the Barnes and Noble Nook. The next website is one I just recently found out about. I've never used it, um, Blurb.com, but apparently you can have magazines and photo books printed. I don't know as much about that particular website, but it's the same concept. You set it all up, design it, make it look pretty, and then if you want copies for yourself, you pay for the list price, and then they sell them for whatever price you decide. Now, if you're interested in comic books, printing for those, there's a uh, company in Phoenix. I don't know if they're, they have a booth at the con or not. I didn't see them anywhere. Um, ReadyComics.com. Um, they also do paperback printing, but they print comic books as well. So if you are a skilled artist and writer, you can make your own comic book, or you can find a friend who's a really good artist. You guys can make your own comic book, print them off, and sell them, possibly at a comic convention if you want to. Um, so those are several ways where you can actually take care of printing a book for yourself. And as I said, uh, I've printed several uh, copies for me to have to try and sell to people. I spent like 30 bucks and got 10 copies. And then I sell them for five bucks and make $3 extra money off all of it. So it's, it's simpler, you have more control, you have the potential of making even more money, and you don't have to worry about dealing with traditional publishers or agents or any stuff like that. Now the hardest part. You've written your story, you've revised it, you've got it printed and ready to go, and now you have to market it. Basically meaning you have to get it out there for people to buy. A lot harder than it sounds. Um, the next list of websites I have there for marketing and stuff, that's all about creating a uh, press or media kit. Uh, it can stay open, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. They ask me now if I want the door closed. Anyway, um, so what I've been trying to do is sell a few books, get somebody to write a review, like on Amazon or something. Even if it's your mom or dad just saying, oh, I love the book, it's so amazing. Have that, and then when you make a uh, press release, you're basically telling people about the book 
and uh, when it was published, all this stuff, and then try to have a quote in there from a review that tells people, oh, look, somebody has read this and actually likes it. Because then you send that press release with a copy of the book off to newspapers to hopefully have them write a review or put a little announcement in the news. Ladies and gentlemen of Tucson Comic Con, thank you for coming. As gaming director, I feel obliged to let you know that your entertainment can be provided all over the town. If you're looking for games, Talk much we yourself. have some upstairs in the common ballroom. And in fact, we've invaded the family room. If you're looking for some place quiet and casual to play some family games, we've got them for you. Look for Nicole. She'll probably be waving her arms madly as you enter the room. In the main copper ballroom, continuing our day, Warhammer 40,000 Demos, the dark future science fiction miniature game. Netrunner, the cyberpunk card game. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> the fantasy role-playing game. How's the combat for you? Pretty good. That's right, Marvel DC. It was a stressful day yesterday because I had makeup on and got some powder in my eye. Oh, crap. I'm good now. AEG is still doing demos for all their fine games, including Doomtown, Malifaux, Steampunk, Wild West, Victorian Era. You guys are interested in gaming. <laughs> Don't forget, we have members both on the floor down here as well as in the main ballroom. Really long or really short? Yeah. I joked in the last panel that she actually used these as the 10 minute warnings before the end of the panel. Right. So that way you get the 10 minute wrap up. Yeah. Well, there's no panel after this until like 4, so even if they say 10 minutes, you yeah. keep hanging out here. Okay, I think they're done. The voice of God has stopped yelling at us about gaming. Anyway, press release. So there are several websites. One of them is on there, I believe, for how to write a press release. You can hire a marketing company to write one for you, but I'd rather take the time to do it myself and save money. But that is the first thing you would have in a press or media kit. And these websites will list uh, all the things you would need to have in there. I'm going to give you a few uh, things as well. Uh, another thing you would want to have after the press release is an author bio. Talk about yourself in the third person. It's kind of weird, but it can be fun. And then have a photo of yourself if you feel so inclined. If they publish something in a newspaper, sometimes they want a photo just to show people, look, this is the guy. Um, uh, as far as uh, if you have it, an online kit or an actual like package that you hand off to people, uh, online you can actually have little JPEGs of the cover photos. Or you can just have a copy of the book and an actual hand-in thing. Um, and then you have a little summary of your book, uh, you know, short plot description, this is what happens, you know, I wrote this book about zombies and people die, enjoy. Uh, and that you want to try and have like a, a news article, you know, you're writing about the book as if someone was, you know, writing a, an article in the paper or telling you about the book. <clears throat> I don't know why that's a specific thing, but you know. And then the uh, an information sheet, or what sometimes they call a sell sheet. Uh, you want your publication date, how much is the book, what's the word count, uh, what are the formats like paperback, hardcover, uh, ebook, and uh, any purchasing information like you can find it online here or at these local stores. Um, 
if you manage to actually uh, you know go around to local bookshops and say, hey, I published this book, would you be interested in uh, selling it? They might be, you never know, and then you can have a local shop where you have uh, your books for sale for anybody around town. If you're a new author, a lot of times you might not be able to do that uh, just because they don't know if it's going to sell, so they don't want to take the risk. But sometimes you can uh, look up local uh, events that they host there and do like a book signing or a reading or something. <clears throat> um, Bookman's actually does that a lot. Um, I forget what they call it now. But uh, in December, they actually uh, have a bunch of uh, local authors set out copies of their books and hang out at a table. And you can go up and talk to them, check out their books, buy them if you're interested. You know. um, so Bookman's actually helps a lot with uh, local authors. If you have something published, you can look into signing up for those. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and then some optional information you might have uh, in a press or media kit would be uh, some sample questions and answers, you know, like things people might ask you. You know, what inspired you to write this book, or when did you start writing? How many books have you published? Uh, if you have any interviews that you've done, which starting out you probably won't have any, but if you manage to get an interview, have like a little uh, transcript of that. And then photos of you holding your book maybe, or any awards you might have gotten if you entered a contest and won first prize, you know, list that in there. Basically information saying, look, I am a good writer. <laughs> um, and then you can find out uh, more details, uh, more descriptions of everything uh, on those websites I have listed there. And then when it comes to marketing, social media is your friend. It's free and you don't have to put much work into it. A lot of people are on Facebook already, so they can just go on there and say, hey, read my book. Um, you know, a lot of people use Facebook more so than other things, so you can do a lot there. You can create a, your own little page for your book, invite your friends to like it, tell other people around town to like it. And if you do like a signing or a reading or something, you can put it on there and all the people who are interested can be like, oh, I'll go to that and check out their book. Um, Twitter, as I said earlier, is great, I think, for writing microfiction. I haven't found any other uses for it, so Twitter's kind of pointless in a way. Don't tell them I said that. <clears throat> um, a lot of the new smartphones are really make uh, really good uh, videos. So you can do a video of yourself talking about your book, put it on YouTube, use that as a marketing tool. Um, have some friends record you doing reading a section of your story or a book or a poem or whatever it is and uh, put that out there. <clears throat> then people can actually hear a sample and decide, oh yeah, that sounds fun, I'll go to that reading or I'll buy that book. It's all about trying to get your work out there, people to check it out. And then there's other things you could use like Instagram or Snapchat. I don't use those, so I don't know how well they work. There is a website called goodreads.com. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, you can go on there and just be a person who's like, I read this book, it's fun, or I want to read this book. Or you can sign up uh, after you have something published. You can become an author listed on there. And then you can put more information like, you know, links to your websites and stuff, videos of you reading. 
And then people can look at the book and then click on your author name and then look at more information about you. See what other stuff you've had published. <clears throat> and then uh, when you have copies, give away a couple. Do a raffle or something or just say, hey, thanks for coming. Throw a book out. Uh, just a way to get more people to read your work. Hopefully get a review out of it maybe. Um, they do have the uh, National Writers Union here in Tucson. Um, it, you can sign up for like 10 bucks a month, I think. And they, they have you pay more with the more money you're making from writing. But it's like you have to make $2,000 a month before you have to pay more. So it's still just 10 bucks, and then you can meet other writers. Um, they might even help you find work. If you like to uh, write nonfiction articles for you know magazines or online, you know, write a review about a movie or something. Um, they can probably help you find jobs like that. And then other local events, you know, go to a local bookshop and do a reading, host a panel at a Comic Con. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Um, I'll go over some of the recommended reading. <clears throat> These are things I found helpful with just writing in general. Um, the first one, uh, self-editing for fiction writers. Uh, it'll just help you go through that process of revising your work. I still recommend having other people read your work and uh, critique it. So then, you know, you, you get more feedback from a variety of people, you know. Have that one person who just hates it and tells you all the horrible things about it, and that one person that loves it and tells you all the great things about it, and then you mush it all together and you have something that's actually, you know, normal and not just hateful and super happy. Because if you have one or the other, then you can kind of get a big head if everybody says it's always great. Or you can get a negative attitude if everybody says it's always bad, and then you stop writing. Never stop writing. I don't care how many people tell you you're awful. Keep writing. I had an artist friend tell me one time, uh, he was referring to like drawing and painting, but he thought it worked for writers too. He said, uh, an artist has to draw like 10,000 awful photos before they start actually getting good at it. And I think that's true of writers also. You got to write 10,000 awful stories before you start writing those good ones. It's all about practice. Um, the next book, The Writer's Guide to Psychology. I found that very helpful with developing characters because it gives you information about personality disorders or uh, writing about psychological issues that's actually real. You're not just making stuff up like, oh, they give out this medication. You can actually look in this book and find out actual details about that. You don't even have to use those details in the story, but it can help you create a very strong character who does weird things and you know why, because that disorder, you don't tell them that in the story, and then it just makes the character more interesting, because you don't know why they're doing these things. For example, um, the, uh, if you recall the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, or if you've read the book, the uh, robot um, Melvin. Marvin. Marvin, thank you, sorry. Melvin is the character that Jack Nicholson plays in As Good As It Gets which is another example again. Um, but Marvin, he's uh, always depressed. Just, he's always in a bad mood. There's actually a uh, psychological disorder 
called uh, diphthymia, I think, or something similar. It's basically, it's like Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You're just like, whatever, I don't care. Guess I'll go to work. Not that anybody there knows him. And it's happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can use that in a comical way, like those two uh, stories did, or you can make it more serious, depending on the story you want. But it gives you a strong character type to work with and makes it interesting if there's a character who's always happy. Put those two together, see what happens. <clears throat> um, Melvin, from As Good As It Gets, if you've seen the movie with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt, he has a obsessive compulsive disorder. So he gets weirded out if there's cracks on the street and he can't walk on them. So he's like dodging everything. I'm like, what is this guy doing? You don't have to tell the reader that your character has OCD. You can just throw those characteristics in there. And they're just like, I want to keep reading because I don't understand what's happening. Or I love that he's doing these weird things. So uh, it gives other examples of other... Uh, some from movies, some from literature. Uh, it's a good source for helping you develop a character. Or if you want to write a story about a psychologist, you have lots of information there to make it sound like this person actually is a psychologist. Um, the next story, story, the next book, uh, On Writing by Stephen King. This book is actually split in two. There's like an autobiography thing where he just talks about his life and writing and stuff, but then there's a section where he actually talks about the craft of writing, and he actually uh, even gives you a story and then shows you what he did to revise that story, like all the marks he wrote on the pages and stuff. And he also gives a list of books that he was reading at the time that he wrote all that that he thought was interesting. Um, Harry Potter books are on there, but the Twilight books are not, just to give you an idea. But it, it was a, it, it's very helpful to read through and see what a really popular author like Stephen King is doing. And that just shows you, again, why he's one of the top sellers. <clears throat> and it's a fun little autobiography if you want to read it. And then I told you about the last one there, the uh, critical response process. Um, and all, I have links on Amazon for all of these. You can probably find them in a local bookstore but I just wanted you to be able to at least go look and see what the book looked like if you wanted, if you were interested in it. If you prefer Kindles or Nooks, you can find an online copy through there. So you don't have to buy these. I found a couple of them very helpful when it came to writing. Hopefully you will too. Um, and that was pretty much it as far as all the stuff I was going to talk about which worked out pretty good. Yes? How do you, uh, how do you contact an artist, say, for a, a cover? Um, there are uh, a lot of times if you're using one of the self-publishing places, they have a service where you can pay to have an artist create a cover for you. Sometimes it gets expensive. Um, you can come here to the con, find some local artists, because a lot of these guys actually live here uh, in Arizona, if not in Tucson. And you can talk to them about it, see how much they would charge. Um, or just get you know, business cards from all the artists, or go up to Phoenix and talk to the artists up there at the Phoenix Comic Con. Um, there is a uh, 
sort of a social media website. It's called DeviantArt.com. Place for a, where a lot of artists go. There's actually a little forum where you can put information like, I need a cover, book cover. I want it to look like this. How much would you charge? And then artists can go look at it and decide if they want to, if they're interested or not. So there's, there's a few different uh, options. Go to the U of A and talk to an art student maybe. Um, you know, different, different ways you could go. Uh, you could uh, either have somebody draw you something or take a photo and then put a title in Photoshop or something. Depends on the kind of cover you want, like depending on the book. Like, you know, a picture of a baby might not work for a horror story. <laughs> Depends on what the baby looks like. Maybe if it's eating, some, you know, a dog or something. Um, but, yeah, the, those are a few options. I, I like to try and do stuff myself because I used to draw for a long time or take pictures and stuff. And then I don't have to spend, you know, $200 for an artist to create this thing for me. So it, it all depends on what your skill set is and how much you're willing to pay, really. Once you once you pay for it and he makes it, is it yours then? Um, that that would probably be something you have to work out with him. Obviously, you can use it for the book cover for the rest of your life if you want to, because you paid him for it. But I think he would still own, he or she would still own the rights to that artwork. I. You might have to like have a little thing they sign like saying they still own the rights to it but you're using it for the cover or saying that by purchasing this I'm claiming all rights to it. Depends on the what you guys work out. Hopefully you don't have to get lawyers involved. Yeah. Um, any other questions? We'll keep throwing questions at. Sure. Uh, what's your best method for keeping yourself on track with the project when you're working on it? Um, I'm a bad example of that because uh, Probably for the last five or six years, it took me just to finish ten short stories. <laughs> Partially because I was still going to school and I was working a lot. So sometimes it's hard to find time. Um, I'll, I'll, what a lot of people will do, what I've heard a lot of people do, is they'll say, I'm going to write one page every day. If you have the time to do that, go for it and try it. If you don't quite make a whole page, it's okay. As long as you wrote something down. Um, if you write more than one page, it's awesome. Keep going, you know. But it depends on how much time you have and then how much time you want to put into it. Like, there are some writers, they'll write a whole book in about three weeks, and they're done and ready to go. That's not the kind of writer I am. Everybody's different. you got to find your own method. Some people will start in the middle, write it down, and then they'll go back and forth to finish the whole story. Some people start at the beginning and go till they're done. Sometimes I'll start a story and I'm like, oh, I'm going to try and make it this long. And then I start writing it and suddenly it's twice as long and it's still not done. What am I doing? So it depends on the story because sometimes story takes on a life of its own and then you're like, I keep writing, but I know it's not done. And it's weird how sometimes that works. It's just like... The it just keeps going and you're like it's still not done yet I'm still not there I don't know what I'm doing after this where I've stopped but I don't know when it's going to end you know and then suddenly it's just like boom it's done and it, it works it's perfect it's kind of weird so it depends on 
you as a person, because some people, like me, I don't write every day, but suddenly I'll get this splurge at like, you know, 3 a.m., and I'm just like, oh my God. So if you, if you can set a schedule and keep to it, go for it. Um, I would start off small, though, if you want to try and do that, maybe one page every week, and then after a couple months, try and, you know, add to it. So whatever works best for you. You know yourself better than anybody else does, so see what you can do. Thank you. Any other questions? Anybody want to share anything they've written? Perfect. <laughs> um, I'll just make a few more announcements. Um, I don't know how many of you are actually from Tucson or just here for the con. Um, downtown Tucson, every uh, second Thursday of the month, I host a uh, spoken word open mic. So if you want to share some of your uh, work, some of your poetry or a short story or an excerpt from a novel, whatever you have, um, if you want to do a monologue from a play or a movie, or if you fancy yourself a stand-up comedian, you can do a little bit of that there. Um, it's downtown at the screening room uh, on Congress Street. It's an actual movie theater downtown, but we uh, do the open mic there. Uh, and the next one is coming up this Thursday, the 12th, at 7 p.m. The uh, information on that handout, the the front of it, big bold letters. Um, you can find more information there. Or you can send me an email asking me any questions about it. I try to find other things to do, but we're still, you know, not quite there yet. Um, I will be at a uh, the Bookman's uh, local author event, which is, I believe, December 19th, Saturday. I believe that's just at the location off of uh, Grant and Campbell, they could have it at all the Bookmans. I really don't know. Um, but you can go check that out, possibly see what your future might be like if you publish a book. Um, and don't feel like you have to rush off and try and publish something now. Definitely check out the websites and play around with stuff, but um, you know, take your time and enjoy the process. It can be a lot of fun if you don't have, you know, weird people around. <laughs> and that's all I have as far as that goes. And then if you can't, if you do see local writers or artists or whatever, you know, help them out now and again. Because it's not always fun times trying to, you know, work a full-time job and then run off on the weekends to try and, like, you know, do what you want to do with your life. Um, any other questions? Uh, do you have any experiences that you could share about things that were encouraging or discouraging about the self-publishing process? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier about the Vanity Press thing, 2009, I wanted to publish some poetry. And I was looking around at different things, and um, there was a, what was it called? It was this uh, publishing company that had like a subsidiary company called Eloquent Books that had said, yeah, we'll publish your book. And I had to pay like $900 to make it happen. And, you know, they had, a, had it put up online and stuff. You could find it on online stores and everything. But uh, 
I ended up selling like four copies of the book altogether and made like $8. So it ended up not being cost effective. And then uh, it was a few years later that I found out about CreateSpace, which I've used ever since. And um, it was a lot easier. I did all the stuff myself, made the cover, did the uh, formatting inside the book and everything. And they were still new around that time. It was 2012, I think. And they gave me a coupon for five free copies of my book. So I got five copies for free. And I was like, okay, sounds good. And I was still able to put it up on Amazon. And uh, saw that it was, um, if you guys are familiar with Antigone Books, you couldn't get it in their store, but they have their little online store that I was actually able to find it on. I was like, okay. So it still didn't make any money, but it, it was a lot simpler and didn't cost me a lot of money. So that worked out pretty good for me. Um, I've never used Nook Press. And like I said, I just found out about the blurb.com place. Um, I'm considering looking into that because it talked about magazines. That might be a good way to publish uh, comics. Or you can just do it in a paperback formatting skill you might need for that uh, to do a comic book in a paperback. And then recently I published a uh, book of short stories. First time I did any kind of story that was because I usually just publish poetry. And uh, I found more success with that because poetry is really hard to market. You either like poetry or you don't. And most people, they might like it, but they don't want to go around buying books of poetry all the time. So it's, it's not always the easiest thing to sell. But short stories and novels, you're good to go. hope that answered some of your questions. Okay. Um, did someone back here? What do you do when you're not writing? Working, sleeping. Yeah, I still have a full-time job. I work at a bar, so, you know. It's, don't expect to be super rich just from writing. It's, it's, it's like a good second job if you can get things rolling with it, but it's not something, you're not going to be big and famous all of a sudden just because you wrote some stuff. You've probably seen at the exhibit hall a lot of authors there selling their books. And they're probably doing well for themselves because they've probably been doing it for a while. But they're still not, you know, big and rich. So, And if you're able to, you know, have a story published in a magazine, you know, at least every month or something, it's a little extra money. You know, it can, you know, okay, I got all my bills paid, but now I can't go out and have a good time. Oh, wait, I got this money from writing. Hey, you know. So it, it can be like a helpful second job, depending on how well it's working for you. Sometimes you can be a fantastic writer and still make no money. Or you can be a crap writer and make a whole bunch of money. You know, it's it's weird. It's it's like movies. You ever see those movies that are just terrible, but everybody keeps going to watch it? It's still making money. But then there's that great movie that, like, you know, until it won an Oscar and nobody had heard of it, you know, it's it's a weird, just people are weird, I guess. I don't know. Any other questions? What time? Oh, this is when they tell us that, you know, the panel's over. But as I said, there's nothing in this room for the next hour, so you guys can keep hanging out, take a nap, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's all I got. hope you guys enjoyed it and found it informative. <coughs> Thank you. Hold on to those uh, 
flyers that we handed out. Get a flyer. Enjoy the rest of the con. Hey guys, Jim here at Creative Play and Podcast Network. I'm just here at Tucson Comic Con enjoying a fantastic weekend of lots of Comic Con stuff. And I just wanted to share a few folks that I've met at the con that are really great people. I've got T.L. Smith here, and she's one of the authors that we like, and we're going to be picking up the book for the day. And I just want to let, let her tell you about her books. Hi, this is T.L. Smith, and I write military sci-fi, and mostly from the female perspective. And I write near future as well as far future. My current latest release is Native American Mythology Collides with Science Fiction in the Yuma Territory. I'm down here at the Tucson Comic Con. This is my second year and had a really great time. So we're looking forward to coming again next year and bringing more of our friends. So for a first-time person reading one of your works of art, what's the best book to start with? We always say all of our books are the best ones. Um, I, I take people towards my most recent one, uh, which is the Star People Legacy. And uh, then I jump into my far future, which is Defending Hippotigris, and we go on from there. Do, do you have a Facebook or any online sites folks can go to find you online? Uh, yes, I'm on Facebook under Terry with a Y, L. Smith, and as well as T.L. Smith Author. Just gotta watch out you don't get the one in Australia because she writes other stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is not sci fi. <laughs> not from what I've heard. Is there any newer books coming out I have three books that are currently being shopped with the New York market, and I have about three more that I'm working on that are either in final edits, medium edits, first edits. But so all in the process. All in a process because it never fantastic. stops. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the ideas keep coming and they get on the paper, that's awesome. I have a thing I call the pot, and every time I finish one project, I go stir the pot and see what floats to the top. <laughs> and, you know, and that's what gets to be worked on that, at that point. That's awesome. Sometimes awesome. they're a novella and sometimes they're a series. So, it's always good when it evolves into a series because that way you can stick with the characters for longer. Sometimes you don't know that they're going to evolve to a series until other people go, oh, this looks like a series. And then you have to sit back and go, well, maybe I won't kill them after all. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what editors are good for. That's right. So that is one. My nov- now I have a novelette that is being turned into a series. And it's like, so I have to rewrite part of it because... Can't have it end. Ending rewrite, you know. Ending rewrite. You know, got to carry it on. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Thank you so much. It's It's always fun. So I'm seeing a plethora of your books. Yes, I I have a plethora. Do you know how many is in a plethora? Uh, A lot. (laughs) (laughs) See, now I'm paranoid. I'm checking to make sure it is recording. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I'm Ginny Koch. Is it recording? I'm Ginny Koch. I write the Alien Catherine Kitty Cat series for Daw Books. I also write the Alexander Outland series, the Martian Alliance Chronicle series, Necropolis Enforcement Files series, and more. I write a lot. I don't sleep much, but I write a lot. So. But the writing makes the voices get quiet. Yes, yes. The writing makes me much more sane, which for those who have met me, that's still not sane enough, but close. Closer, closer. Thank you. Thank you. I like you. (laughs) 
there, there are a lot to choose from. There are. I would recommend if someone has not read anything from me before, they should start with Touched by an Alien, which is the first novel in my Alien series. Uh, it uh, Right now, book 11 is out currently. That's Alien Separation. And Alien in Chief, which is book 12, comes out December 1st. Fantastic. Yes. But in Touched by an Alien, my heroine, Kat, Kitty Cat, yes, her parents have a sense of humor, um, discovers that the Roswell rumors are true, but with a twist. The aliens are here to help us, and as a side benefit, they're all gorgeous. And uh, the women, who she nicknames the Dazzlers, want our smart men. They're sapiosexual. They only care about brains. So to them, the hottest guy on the planet is Stephen Hawking. He's so dreamy. <laughs> okay. And then the men, who are tired of their women acting like they're idiots, <laughs> really want our smart, gutsy women. And Kitty gets involved in the fight to protect the planet. And she ends up saving the day with her knowledge of comics, hairspray, and rock and roll. That's a freaking awesome combination of skills. <laughs> thank you, thank you. She is she is a total accidental badass. Yeah. What dare I ask? What is her favorite comic book character? Her favorite comic book character is Wolverine. She also loves Deadpool, and uh, she 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 ha- she loves the comics. So she assigns people nicknames based on the comics, especially as the series goes along. Um, and but in book four, I can't tell you what happens. But when you get to book four, which is Alien Proliferation, you'll understand why Wolverine's her favorite. So uh, it's a lot of fun. She that, has that nicknames awesome. for everybody. And in fact, in uh, Alien versus Alien, uh, we were kind of in a War of the World situation, and someone very important has disappeared, and he's left protocols. And they're based on Kitty, and it's all who does she assign, what names does she assign to different people that are comic book characters. Who's Captain America, who's the Hulk, and so on and so forth. Great, so. A great crypto. You know? Yes, it's a great Only crypto. because she she's, can get it. Because she's the, she's the key. So, yes, it's like, it's like you got to think you're right, and then you're right. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a very fun series. So can I get a copy of Touched by an Alien? You absolutely can. For Kelly. For Kelly, absolutely. I. Absolutely. And but before you're done making purchases, uh-huh. I want to tell you a little bit about Alexander Outland. Oh. Alexander Outland is a space pirate. All he really wants to do is steal enough and let everybody keep going and he keeps getting forced into heroics, which he hates because they don't pay. So it's a very fun fun series um, as well. And um, just FYI, I have a ton of male fans as well as female fans. All of them love touched. More men, this is like the guy's book for whatever reason. Guys loved um, Alexander Allen. Can I get a copy of that signed to Sandy? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then does anybody read Paranormal? <laughs> I'm rolling now. He's like getting copies. I'm just going to read every single solitary book. In um, The Night Beat, um, basically my tagline, it's time to kick icky butt and take unpronounceable names. Uh, my heroine is Victoria Wolf. She's an undercover police officer, and she's also an undercover werewolf. Uh, she works both for Prosaic City PD, and she also works for Necropolis Enforcement, keeping all the people on the human plane from not finding out what's on the undead plane. Can I get a copy of that to Jim? You can. You can. <laughs> wow. Rolling, rolling, rolling. The Happy Acres Haunted Hotel for Active Seniors. <laughs> Really, I need to say no more, right? That's, that's a great title, is it not? It's a very fun novelette, um, and uh, basically it's a senior home in Southern California that is used to be a hospital. It's absolutely haunted, and my, my heroine, who is 
in there after her after her third marriage. After her third husband has died, she buried all three. Um, she's there and she helps run things and take care of the new residents as they come in. And helps save the day on uh, the newest resident and his granddaughter who has gotten herself into a spot. So this is a very fun one. Everybody pretty much laughs. I wrote this as I wrote this actually I wrote this as a standalone. I've never planned to do anything else, and I get fan requests constantly. What's the next Mandy story? I like that. So I will I will be kind to you. In addition, I have a humor collection, um, random musings from the Funny Girl. I'm in 221 Baker Streets anthologies. Uh, Let's see, temporally out of order, Clockwork Universe, Steampunk versus Aliens. UFO, Unidentified Funny Objects 3 and 4, Kaiju Rising, Age of Monsters, and... So that was the one that caught my attention. Yeah, really this is a really cool, this is a really cool Kaiju collection. This was put together by Ragnarok Publishers, and I'm in here as J.C. Koch, and it's just really cool. It's won, won some awards. It was um, Audible, bought it for audiobook almost right away. Um, and I'm really proud because my story got selected to go into the Mammoth Book of Kaiju that oh, comes wow. out next year. So very excited about that one too. So basically, all my stuff is awesome. Yes. Everything is awesome. Everything is always cool when you're part of it. That's right. <laughs> Everything is awesome. That's right. So just these three? Yep, just those three. Okay, you get a free pen or a free book song. Which would you like? Mom puts it to Mars. So that would be one of the book songs. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty, cash or cash or card? Absolutely. Okay. And online, where can folks find you? My website is www.jennycoch.com. That's G I N I K O C H.com. Uh, you can find the Alien series in pretty much every bookstore around the English speaking world, or the English reading world, even. Uh, and uh, most of the other books are in bookstores or certainly available through Amazon. So, and all the, everything I write is available online, so you can find it everywhere. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening. <coughs> oh, say that one again for a sound check. Me, 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 me. That was like quite nice. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>